guys. Welcome back to Shades of Brilliance. I'm your host, Sierra Venable, and we have a lot to talk about today, so I would just go ahead and settle in. It's one of those kind of mashup episodes where I move from like one topic to the next because I have been irritated this week. I don't know what it is. I think it's because I'm in London now. I know y'all are sick of hearing about London because it is my whole personality, but like moving to a different country, emigrating, is that the word? I don't think I'm immigrating. Am I immigrating? <laughs> I like, that's that's how I feel all over the place. Like I don't, I'm in the throes of bureaucracy. I don't know what is and what isn't. Like I just, reality is settling in. I had a really fun time like traveling around, bopping around. And now I think it's hitting me that I live here, which has been great for a lot of reasons. And I'll, I have the reasons literally lined up in a notes app right now. So we can debrief because I did a QA and a on my Instagram story and I asked you guys, what you wanted to hear about. And it was a lot of like UK stuff, dating in the UK, solo living, kind of moving on your own, moving out to a different country, life in the UK. How does the UK differ from the USA? Like all kinds of stuff. Because if you follow me on Instagram, that has been a lot of my, a lot of my content. I, I hate to say that. First off, let's get into my first grievance. We are literally becoming products, every single one of us. For a while, my thought was that this was specifically linked to influencing. You know, when you decided to make money off of yourself at a certain point, you know, the, the blurring the lines between capitalism, consumerism, and, and the self. No, we're all products now. Like, that has hit me really hard, I think, because of this bureaucracy process. Like, I went to a seminar yesterday at my school because I'm going for my master's in art direction. And they were basically like, yeah, any employer can like not hire you based on your visa. Good luck getting a job. And the companies here don't want to hire anyone. And like, I know that I know that this is like a global thing. It's not just a, you know, London thing. But I'm just like irritated because it's like the level of lying that it feels like you have to do to get a job. And it's not even like it's lying. Like so many of us have interests and hobbies and a life that is so, could be so connected and enriched, you know, but it's like the process of becoming something that we're not to get a job to live is getting worse and worse. Like, yeah, sure. At a certain point, you'd have to like drum up your resume, drum up, you know, your accomplishments. Now it feels like you have to do backbends and sell your soul. And I literally was in bed all day today. Like, that's all I can think about is just how, like, defeated I feel all of a sudden. Like, zero to 60, I'm, like, defeated because I just – everything just feels so uncertain in that way. And I don't want to, like, bog down this entire podcast, but, like, that's been on my mind. The Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing is really irritating me. And I've said a lot of this on my Instagram story already. So I'm like, I'm like, don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> but I cannot get over the fact that everybody just extracts from black women. Like everybody. It's not a, oh, we'll date these kind of men. They're better. They're All men suck. And everybody, including our society, is draining black women. And I'm at the point where I'm just like, what do I do? And I've lately been thinking, why would I have kids? Like, why would I put more 
Black children in this world when it feels like we're living in a concrete cell. Like that's, okay, that's very dramatic. Let me calm down. It feels impossible to be Black. It feels impossible, especially as a woman, because it's like we have what everybody wants, yet they're using us and extorting us in all these different ways to get what they want. That's what the whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing reeks to me. And again, this is like really, really, really below the surface. Like this is layers that I'm reading into. It's not like, like on the surface, if they're dating, wonderful. Like, honestly, she's in her bag like this. And people were saying like, this could be it for her because she had a bunch of rebounds. And I don't know, I don't follow her that closely, but apparently she is with Maddie Healy. And now he was just a rebound. Now Travis Kelsey could be the one. And I think what's irritating me is the drama and the shock that people have that she could be dating him. Because are they not both white? Like, why would it be shocking that a blonde, pretty, attractive girl would be dating a football player? Like, did none of you go to high school in the suburbs? Like, I guess I'm just like, (laughs) it irritates me. It irritates me. It irritates me that Kayla Nicole, beautiful baddie, has been silent this week, probably because she's getting bullied on the internet. Like, another case of, like, just using Black women. I'm literally going to Instagram right now to check on her story to see if she's like, yeah, she's silent. I'm literally so sad. Like, I don't know why. Maybe some of my own trauma is coming out. Am I already crying on a podcast? I just started my podcast. too. Like, I really can't cry. But I know what that feels like to have to, like, contort yourself so much just to deserve the bare minimum. And then to have a guy turn around and go back to his preference in literally two weeks. And look, they've been broken up for a long time. Travis Kelsey and Kayla, I think they've been broken up for a while. And she was thriving up until this whole Taylor Swift BS. Like, has she's an influencer. Like, she's making her own money. She's got partnerships. She's booked and busy, literally. But it's like, I literally feel like that's my friend. Like, I get it. I get it. And I just am, I'm, that's been really irritating me like so badly. (laughs) I don't even want to go into the whole thing because I've said so much about it. But once again, black women, I don't know. And it's like, I guess it's ridiculous to be saying this too, because it's like their relationship has been done. Like there's no cheating. Like I get, I guess I'm doing what I, what we always have to do which is find the surface level oppression. You know, like if we don't cite our sources, like that's how white supremacy is. Like y'all love to calculate stuff. You guys have to have numbers for everything. Like nothing can be just felt. And so I don't know. And the fact that he has like a, what is it? I don't want to use that word on the internet. Hold on. Let me think of another word. His, his mustache. Like he just looks like, a white boy. Like, I don't know what has happened, but I'm just like, can you guys be a little bit more chill? A little bit more chill. Like Kylie Jenner? Like, oh, the switch up happens so quickly. And so I'm just drained. Like, I don't know. I just am feeling this so deeply. I'm feeling that really deeply. And I'm feeling this pressure to like conform a lot. And I know that what is triggering it is being in an international, like I'm, I'm, 
I'm abroad. Like that is what's triggering it. I'm aware of it because it's like my normal circumstances and comforts like are not around, which I actually think is a cool thing. Like, I guess I'm just excited that I am having to think about this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like before I would just brush it off and it would be like, oh, well, you know what I mean? But it's like, I'm actually having to think now that I live in London and I'm going to let that be the segue into my culture shock (laughs) because it is so different here. First off, there's a big London versus USA like competition. And I think, you know, related to what I was just talking about with like capitalism and just like frustrations with the job market, frustrations with, you know, this like new white supremacist thing where we're no longer now being black is not cool anymore. Like we're officially out of trend. Like those topics, not going to give them a title. I'm just going to re-sum up what I just said. Those topics are irritating me a lot more because here I am way more cognizant of colonialism. In the States, colonialism is like smothered under layers and layers and layers and layers and layers. It's not talked about. I mean, it it was controversial to dissect capitalism or critique capitalism up until a few years ago when people literally, when it was common for Americans to be a paycheck away from homelessness. Like that was a common thing that started to occur. That's when we were allowed to dissect and critique capitalism. And I just, I think I'm more cognizant. Like being here is a physical, like I'm more hypersensitive to the imperialism because they love it here. Like first off, this country is so old, so old. So like everywhere you go, like the British Library, oh my God, I went to go see the Crown Jewels. I took my mom to the Tower of London and we went to go see the Crown Jewels. And I was just like baffled at how they worded stuff. We conquered them and we took them down and we ruined their land and we decimated their population and they gave us this out of the kindness of their heart. What do you mean? Like, tell me you're kidding. (laughs) (laughs) like tell tell me that's a joke like it was crazy and so I think I'm just thinking more about like the effects of colonialism here like I don't know why but it's palpable all of a sudden and it's weird how their society is like better than living in the states that's what I can't put two and two together like I'm more cognizant of the colonialism yet life is better here for me. Let's go down the list, shall we? (laughs) I literally made a list for this. Men are decent. Men are decent. They're not feral animals here. Like, let's just start there. American men are so violent. And by the way, when I'm comparing, when I say like America versus UK, I'm talking about, I'm comparing like London to other big US cities. So I'm not comparing London to like Missouri, okay? Um, because the U.S. is such a huge country. That's not something else that's I've processed since I've been here. Like, our country is literally huge. Like, it's it's not even like comprehensible. So anyway, men are decent. Like, I so far so far, I have to do a little wrap up. You know, 
in a few years how I think then. But like so far off the jump, off the rip, men are so much more decent here. And I don't know why that is. I still like don't understand British culture like at all. Um, like I can I can't really get the vibes. But there's not this overt sense of conquering. Because look, I can almost guarantee you that the patriarchy is bad here and that there are social issues as it relates to men. I'm looking for that. Like trust that I'm not just like, oh, the men are so nice, like they're so kind. Like, no, no, I get that like there is still violence that occurs here. The difference is on the surface, like day to day in most interactions, they're not like feral animals. Everybody is making out here. That's another huge culture shock. Why are they kissing everywhere? Like in the States, nobody is in love. Like I'm convinced. After living here for a week, I'm convinced that nobody in the United States is in love. And how could you be, honestly? Honestly, though. It's wild to me. Like, and I'm talking young people. Like, I don't mean just like 45-year-olds making out in the corner. I mean like young people here just seem so much more free to just like be themselves. Um, and there's a lot of PDA, like a lot of it. And it's not annoying. Like, do you know how in the States, like you go to like a festival or like a fair or something, like the county fair? <laughs> And the couple, the 13-year-old couple is just like making out ridiculously. And you're just like, okay, all righty. Yeah, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, there's this embracing. Like, people are literally on a, on the bridge. A lot of making out on the bridge. Like, you have to walk across, like, London Bridge, Tower Bridge. I don't know the other bridges, okay? But, like, if you – honestly, some of their low-key bridges. not Maybe not those big ones. But like some of the low key bridges, like the what is that bridge across that connects to the London Eye? Whatever that bridge is, I always see young couples there, and the guy is like holding her hand, like leading her to the bridge, like "Come on, honey!" Like you can see the vibes, and he's like twenty three. Like American men our age, I'm twenty two. They're depressed. I don't know where they are. Like where they're not even outside. Like there is a serious serious issue we have in the States about that. And I was actually at lunch the other day, took myself to lunch because I was like, I'm hungry and I'm, and this is a big city. Like, and everybody's eating alone. Like it's not, it's kind of like New York where like you can just be yourself. Um, so I took myself to lunch, sat down and I was next to this whole group of guys and they were not talking like literally silent five guys. And I was like so curious to eavesdrop on the keyword they were talking. I was like, oh, this would be such a good opportunity to hear what men actually talk about. Yeah, nothing. They literally talk about nothing. <laughs> nothing. They ordered their food. Oh, yeah, dude, that's so cool. And ate in silence. I think that there's a huge intimacy issue we're having. I don't mean intimacy like that. I mean intimacy like connection. And I think here men have a better time or an easier time connecting literally just because of like infrastructure, like walking everywhere. The fact that I saw young men that had friends was a good sign to me. Now, mind you, they weren't talking, but like they had people to go places with. Like that to me is like a leg up. And I did not realize I was not expecting that to be like an observation that I had. Um, 
but yeah, lots of PDA. Men just seem like they have hobbies too. That's the other thing. Like, although the patriarchy is still at play, I can and I, you know what I can't tell? I can't tell if they're exhausted by it. Like American men are exhausted by the patriarchy. They're literally getting beat up by the patriarchy, but they won't do anything about it because like, why would they go against their own interests? Like that's how they see it. But it, they're literally suffering at the hands of the system that they built. I don't, I can't tell yet how men are here. If they're like exhausted by the system that they built, I can't tell. Um, like I said, there's still an intimacy issue. Like those guys were not talking to each other, but like the fact that these men like were out together, like that is huge. I feel like, but anyways, yeah, lots of PDA men will like, you know, step back and let you get on the tube first. Actually, that's a lie, not the tube, but the bus. Like I've had a lot of that experience where like men will be like, oh, go ahead. You know what I mean? I also get a lot of attention here. I get a lot more male attention here. Um, I tend to get a lot of male attention, period. <laughs> per, but I get a lot of male attention here. And it's not gross. Like I'm grossed out by American men because it's just like, hey, honey, boo-boo kitty. Like, girl, like nobody wants to hear that. But here it's like, like I was with my mom. That's the other thing. If you're with your parent or something, they don't care, like, at all. Um, I was with my mom, and this group of guys literally was like, oh, my gold. Oh, my gold. <laughs> and we were dying about how they were saying it. But also, the men are taller. The men are taller. So I feel like my chances here are just a lot better. But anyways, moving on from the men, I had a lot of questions about that, like, dating in the UK. I haven't dated anybody yet or, like, really even gone out like that. But when I do trust, I will have some kind of analysis for that. Um, okay. Down to the next part of the list, public safety. There's this general sense of public safety. I almost had a breakdown about that the other day because I was, when I was connecting these ideas that men here just seem more well-adjusted, like, although there might be issues in the patriarchy, men seem better adjusted to themselves and to the world around them. Um, and I think a big to-do with that and like in terms of creating relationships, I see a lot of couples on dates here. Like London seems to me like a dating city, like kind of like New York, because you can jump on the subway, you know, go to a date, right? Like you cannot do that in Los Angeles. In LA, you have to pretty much be in love with the person before you're on a date with them because you'd have to go across town. Like you'd have to be willing to sit in traffic for them. And like, nobody is doing that. LA is like the land of hookups. Um, so I've noticed here that like a lot of couples are on dates. Like, you know, it's very common to go out to like a late dinner and like be sitting next to this cute, like really cute couple, you know what I mean? But in general, there's a sense of public safety, like with the PDA, I realized that like no maniac with an AR-15 is going to come and like mow people down in public. Like that dawned on me. Like people are just chilling in public. They're at the park. They're, you know, and I, I mean, it's still kind of warm here. So I'm sure that like when the winter starts, nobody will be outside. I'm imagining. But like when I first got here, 
people just outside. They're just hanging out by Buckingham Palace. Like everyone's just like around. That is not a thing in the States. Like I honestly forgot about what that's like to go to a park and just chill. I think that we have completely lost faith in our government. I really think that people in the States are just like zombies. And I think that that's part of my frustration, honestly, with bureaucracy right now is I feel more alive here. Like I genuinely feel more awakened. My food tastes better. The quality of the food, that's the next part of the list. Like I, so many people before I moved here, you're going to hate the food. It's so bad. It's not seasoned. Eh, eh. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't know. What, like I genuinely have had yet to go to a nasty place for dinner. I have not had bad food. Honestly, the worst dining experience I've had so far was tea, afternoon tea, because those sandwiches are not good. But I also don't like raw fish. Like I don't want raw smoked salmon and like, you know what I mean? The coronation chicken though is really good. Um, I think that's their version of like a chicken salad and they put like curry in it. So it's actually really good. But fish and chips slaps. I don't know where y'all are eating. And I'm a foodie. Like, I would not sit up here and lie. I'm a foodie. And I find the food here to be delicious because even in, like, the most simplest settings, the food is tastes amazing because of the quality of the ingredients. Like, the food quality is just so much better. So even if the meal is, like, super simple and I've had to add a little bit of salt – that's the point of the dish. Like the dish is not like, I really think America is so like, we all need to detox from America. We do. Cause eating at Chili's is not dining. Like that's not, you know what I mean? Like if we're just so desensitized to like sauces and heavy salt contents and like sugar, I really think that a lot of y'all are just addicted to sugar and myself included. I had to detox when I moved here. Literally, I don't eat sweets at all. I'm not a sweet. I'm definitely a salty over sweet person. I eat cookies every day. I have a Dr. Pepper, a Coke, a, a Pepsi or something because of the sugar withdrawal. So I think a big part of the American diet is sugar. And we've just been like drugged slowly because the food is actually really bomb. Like if you have a good palate and can like delve into the complexity of flavors and the simplicity of flavors, you'll be fine. Now, look, I haven't had a lot of English food. I think the Eng most English I've gotten was fish and chips. But I also, like, don't like eggs. So, like, I just, you know, like, the breakfast foods here I haven't really gotten into. The English breakfast still scares me. Um, the blood sausage I'm terrified of. There's just tomatoes on the plate. Like, I don't know. Um, there's cabbage. There's like a bunch of stuff going on in that plate. So I haven't had an English breakfast yet. <laughs> but everything else has been so good. I mean, if you're coming to London, I don't see how you can't have good food. Like, I genuinely don't understand that. I've had multiple people take your seasonings. Everything has been well seasoned. Like the only thing that I've eaten that has not been as seasoned is the fish and chips because it's like English. You know what I mean? But if you're, you know, opening up that fresh batter, first off, the fish is just an amazing quality. Like if you eat good fish and chips and you pay a lot for the fish, 
and it's like a good quality, you cannot go wrong with that. And you just have to like break up. I love to break up the fish with the batter, add some salt. So like there's some salty bits on the batter and then there's like some salty um, points in the fish. Vinegar, the vinegar slaps. Like I genuinely, in pepper, fresh pepper, like I douse my fish in pepper and it's delicious. Like hands down would eat it again. Like I'm craving it right now. I don't know. Where were you guys eating? Like I'm so lost. Like if you can't, if you come here and you eat at like chain restaurants, you're probably not getting a good picture of London food. But then that's like going to America and eating at Chili's and being like, oh yeah, they eat nasty food. Like where did you go? Like I'm sorry. Like I and actually tea because I love chilies. Like I love Applebee's, but like you have to mentally know that like that's not. They're just heating that up in the back. You know what I mean? Like you can't <laughs> go into Applebee's and think that you're getting like a dining experience. Um, when I was younger, I used to think that, but thankfully, my palate has grown. And honestly, food has been a major connection for me culturally. I feel like. That expanded my mind in a lot of ways more than traveling did, or it led me to traveling was my my palate. So I'm thankful for my palate. Thank you. Um, what else about London? Hold on. Oh, obviously public transportation is so different here. Um, it's better, like really, really better, <laughs> a lot better. Um, I will say that being 22, I am loving not having a car payment. Like at any point, I could just jump on the tube. Like that is such a nice, that to me is convenient. Like, but I will say I do like having the option, kind of the backup option of like at any point in my life, I could go back to the States. I'm a U.S. citizen. So thankfully I have that privilege. I can go back to the States, like get a car and live in the suburbs. Like, I don't know. It's a weird comforting thing because I feel like here, and I'll get into that a little bit later. Like there is no convenient culture. Like in, everything in America is about convenience. And I feel like the car, we've connected to that. But I find that the car is not actually as convenient as we think it is. Especially with so many like American cities getting bigger and growing larger populations. Like with, with the aging infrastructure. Like how are you going to have potholes in the road? And then be like, yeah, everybody needs a car. Like build some trains. Like it's crazy. Like Texas desperately needs a train. Um, I just think of like big Southern states or like middle America states that like need trains desperately. Like LA needs trains. LA needs reliable trains like desperately. The issue is there's an entire culture now around the privacy of a car and Americans are not going to give that up. Like we are literally living so isolated from each other. The cars are isolating us from the reality of like humanity in the world. And I feel like something that I've noticed lately or just recently with living here is there are there is a perk in keeping some things inconvenient. Like, I don't know, it's like this humanity aspect where yeah, it may not always be convenient to get on the tube, like if there's delays or if there's like issues on a certain train or like, I don't know if there's somebody kind of wonky on the train that day, like it can be kind of like, okay, let's get off. You know what I mean? But it's like, 
it almost like forces you into the the world. Like I wish I could explain it. Like constantly existing in a car and everything being built for the car is the problem. And also we don't have enough infrastructure for it. Like there's just not enough infrastructure for it. And so I don't know. I think public transportation has been a huge plus, especially with living solo. I got some questions about like how I'm adjusting and like what it's like to live not only by myself for the first time, like I've lived by myself before. Like I've, you know, I didn't have any family in LA when I lived in LA or when I went to college or whatever, but it's like living alone, like no roommates and also just across the world. Like, you know, like that's like really solo, like really independent. So I get that question. Um, but I would say that the transportation has really helped because also people have more decorum here. Like when I think about like the New York subway system, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like people here are just way more conditioned. They're conditioned to just like minding their business. Um, and I don't know that Americans are equipped for that. Also, there's just, I I don't know. I don't know enough about the politics here and like the social climate to really speak on it yet. But it seems to me like there are more social programs here. I Obviously the NHS, like obviously like healthcare, we know about that. But like, I don't know. It's like people aren't living in like absolute destitution here. Like literally in America, most people are one paycheck away from homelessness. They're one devastating hospital bill from living on the streets like or at least it feels that dangerous in the states like nobody has your back that's what it feels like to live in america and i feel like here there seems to be some kind of like social safety net because i don't know so far even in like the weird interactions that i've had or like when i have seen okay like those people are obviously on drugs you know what i mean like there's some kind of decorum like, I haven't seen a lot of human feces on the street. Like, in L.A., it's a nightmare. Like, I just remember being like, how can you live here and be motivated to, like, do anything and not stop in your tracks and be like, humanity is backwards. Like, we are – like, something is wrong. That's how I felt in L.A. I just felt like, how how? How do I, like, go to work and, like – I don't know. It just felt like everything was wrong. People were living in destitution. Like they were just lonely. Like I, I felt like a lot of the homeless people that I encountered were deeply lonely. I don't even think lonely is the word. It was like they were removed from society. And so a lot of people that I interacted with were just like, they had, nobody had talked to them like ever. So they would like do all of these things to create attention. And a lot of things were dangerous. I'm not going to say that I was always like, oh, are you okay? Like it's not that I'm putting them down. Like, there were times where I had to be like, girl, back up. You know what I mean? But I don't know. It's just like we've just adjusted in the States to just like complete destitution as a normalcy. And for so long, I feel like the rhetoric has been, well, they chose that. But no, you know, like there's a systematic that is, you know, holding them down or is creating this kind of epidemic. Like everything in America is epidemic. The war on drugs, the war on this, the war on that. Like, Maybe it's just corporations versus everybody else. And there is some kind of like, there's different infrastructures here. It doesn't feel as extreme as like the 1% and everybody else. Like, I don't know, America just seems so black and white in that way. Um, 
So back to my original point, transportation has, I think, created a lot of a safety net in that way. Because even in America, like most people have to have a car and gas is like ridiculously expensive. Same here. Like gas is ridiculously expensive here. But like most people are taking public transportation and public transportation is a little bit more expensive. Like I noticed that like the fares on the tube were like ridiculous. But it's like at least there's that option. Like Americans don't have that second and third option of a bus or a tube. Like it might exist. That doesn't mean that the city has actively been pouring money into it and like actively been upkeeping it. You know what I mean? So in most states, there's no culture around being around different people for most parts of your day. Like the sociability of like sitting on a train. I can't imagine what that would be like in Texas. Like probably not possible to be honest with you. So yeah, I don't know. The transportation has really helped. Convenience culture, like I said earlier, doesn't exist. I feel like everything in the States is open 24-7. You can at least find a Walmart open until like 1, 2 a.m. I feel like like that's not the same here. I literally the other day had a long journey home. I was like, I just need some groceries. Like I need a few things. I needed like, I was going to get some water because I could not figure out for the life of me where to get like my water supply from. I don't know why that's like such a random thing, but I um, didn't want to drink out of the tap. And I, so I've been drinking like bottled water. Long story short, I found um, we have like a big Brita machine in our apartment that I didn't realize we had. So I'm going to use that from now on. But like I went to go get water and needed like face wipes, just like a few random things. My local Tesco not only was not open, it was renovated. Like they just gutted the Tesco and was like, like the doors were open and they were just like, like nothing was in there. It, it looked like a complete overhaul renovation. I was shocked. And there was a sign on the door that was like, yeah, like we'll be back in shortly. Like we, we don't know when we'll be done. I was like, so I'm actually kind of glad because it pushed me to like go find another store, like get out, kind of see my neighborhood a little bit more. You know what I mean? But they are just, they can just do that. Like in America, that would have been like, oh my God, like somebody would have called the manager, the supervisor. It would have been like hell to pay. You know, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, like people are just used to that. Like, okay, it's not open. I'll walk to the next one. You know, like, I don't know. The queues, like, oh my God. Like, I I honestly hate standing in the line. Like, honestly, going to a McDonald's and standing outside the block seems crazy to me. Because in America, you just drive up. Like, next, you know what I mean? Like here it's like people get in lines and they, it's a lot of lines, <laughs> like literally so much so that the Sainsbury, I keep calling it Sainsbury. I think it's Sainsbury. I don't know, whatever. Um, the local Sainsbury that I went to there, the, I guess the lines were so bad, like waiting for in line to like check out for groceries that now there's like scanners. Like you can walk in and like scan all of your groceries and connect it to an app, walk up, pay for the tab and bounce. Like you don't even have to like scan, like literally you just scan as you go throughout the store. I was like, wow. And I feel like they tried to do that at one point in America. I remember being really little and thinking that that was like so fun. Kind of like a registry. Like, you know, how you go to like a Target or something and like if you're shopping for like a baby registry or like a um, a grocery, not a grocery, 
but like a wedding registry. You'll go and you'll take the scanners and you like you'll scan stuff throughout the store, but never like they have like a whole aisle of like scanners and everybody takes a scanner and just like gets their groceries done. That shocked me. I was like, okay, okay. So there are some things that are convenient, but then there are other things that like culturally people just like are okay with. And I feel like that's the difference. Like, I don't know, like standing in a queue, like people will stand in a queue. Like they have no problem just standing like in America like my foot's getting tapped. Like I'm, I'm getting annoyed. You know, I'm tapping my foot. Like I'm, I'm irritated. Right. Like here it's just like the culture. So I don't know, like those little things have been interesting to notice, but that's pretty much like most of what I've gathered so far. Obviously the accent, they don't pronounce anything the way it's spelled here, especially the borough that you live in. Like I live in what's spelled South Wark. S-O-U-T-H-W-A-R-K, South Wark. It's like a little funky to say in American, you know, in our accent, but like they pronounce it Suthic. Like S-U-T-H-A-K, Suthic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it's seriously, it's like everything is pronounced differently. So that's been my like faux pas, I feel like, is whenever I'm trying to pronounce something, I just feel, I literally feel so dumb. Like I, I've been wanting to go to this area of London called Marleybone. And I literally don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Mar- Marleybone. Like I don't, I'm so, I'm going to try to look it up right now. I'm literally on TikTok right now trying to pronounce Marleybone. Let me try to get like a video and see what they'll say. It's a Saturday evening in Marleybone, London. Okay, Marlebone, but he was like Australian, I think. Let's try to find a Brit. I was randomly walking in my neighborhood in Marlebone when I said Okay, yeah. Marlebone. Like I'm over I'm overdoing it. But to me, I would say like Mar Marlebone. I don't know. Like the words don't make any sense to me. They're very elaborate and it's like I don't know if it's like the vowels or what. But in Amer- like if I'm reading that in my like southern accent. I would probably say Mar- Marleyben. Like, if you're in the South, that would be Marleyben. I'm going on to Mar- Marleyben. We're going to Marleyben this weekend. Like, that's what my brain wants to say. And literally, I think that I'm realizing how much of a twang that I do have. I grew up in Virginia. I'm born in Virginia. Was born in Virginia. Raised there for most of my life. All my family's from Virginia. Like, I learned how to speak in, like, the sticks. Like, in the South. Okay. And so I didn't realize how twangy that I am until I got here because my brain is like doing exercises, like trying to figure out how to pronounce things. Like, I don't know, like Merlaban, I kept wanting to say Merlaban and my mom too. Like when she was here, she kept saying, what, what was she saying? Oh, she was talking about Buckingham Palace. And she was like, Buckingham, you want to go to Buckingham? And she was being serious until I like, I like pointed it out to her. I was like, did you say Buckingham? And she was like, yeah. And then we started like joking about it. But it like pulls our drawl out. I don't know why. Because I don't, I feel like I, my Southern accent doesn't really come out to play like often at all, unless I'm at home, like unless I'm in Virginia, like at the creek, 
You know what I mean? Like doing some real country stuff. But it's kind of popping out here because I don't, it's like weird. I've never had that because it's still English. It's not like I've, I've changed languages, but it's like my brain has to like think a little bit harder. It's, I've, it's so weird. And I'm like embarrassed to say things and like ask people. Like we asked um, the local pub that I, one of my local pubs, one of my local pubs <laughs> has a really great um, menu. It's called, actually, I don't want to say where it's called because it's like my neighborhood. So just kidding. But um, whatever. The guy was really nice. Honestly, really cute too. T. And he was from New Zealand, which kind of sounded very familiar. His accent to me sounded very familiar to Australian. And we asked him, like, how do you pronounce this town and the city? And like, like, what do you call Suffolk? And he was like, yeah, it's we would we would say like Southwark. So I don't know if it's just like British slang. Like, it kind of seems like other English speaking dialects would pronounce it the same way, like Southwark and like, I don't know, Marley, Marley Bone. You know, but I can't tell like how it's going to go. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to go to um, Marley Bone this weekend. You know what I mean? Like I have to like skim over it because I don't, I overthink it. So anyway, pronunciation is a thing that I've been thinking a lot about, but those are the only things you guys, like I need to like get deeper into it. I kind of want to get into like the political scene and like start understanding their, their political kind of culture right now because there's a cost of living crisis. Another big culture shock here is like the salaries are so low, like ridiculously low. Um, I think I feel like most Americans would come here and take a pay cut. Like if the, if you were transferring in your job, you would definitely be taking like a pay cut, a hard pay cut to like half because I think the average salary here is like 30,000 pounds, which is crazy. Because the prices are the same as New York and LA. So that's been mind-boggling to me. Um, I literally was going to apply for a job last week and it said it was 10 pounds an hour. And I was like, $10 an hour in the States would be criminal. Like nobody would apply. Nobody. So I was just like, okay, that obviously is a low salary, but it must be like minimum wage. Like, I don't know. That's the other thing I've had to navigate here is like my finances. Like I, I keep going, Oh, only four pounds. That's nothing. And then I'm like, wait, the exchange rate's going to happen. Also, you know, the quantity, you know, the amount of things that you're getting or the quality of what you're getting per pound doesn't seem to be the same. Like it, everything seems to be very inflated. Um, so I've kind of been having to like chill out a little bit on my spending <laughs> because I'm just like, uh. that's one of the reasons why I want to get my tube card because I've been tapping my contactless payment on all the tubes and like all the buses. That's an another nice thing. If you're only in London for like a few days, you don't need to get an Oyster card. I would get an Oyster card if you were going to be here for like a week plus. And then if you're going to be here for like three weeks plus, I would get a travel card. That's just like my tea with what I think. Um, but if you're going to be here for like a few days, just tap your like contactless payment or use your Apple Pay. I did not have that. I refused to get Apple Pay until I moved here because it's so convenient when you just like need to have your phone in your hand. You know, when you're pulling out an Oyster card, pulling out your credit card even to like tap your credit card. I've seen people do that, but I just like, I don't want my credit card out in public like that. 
I don't want somebody to like snatch it up. So I've been using my Apple Pay. But anyways, yeah, just a little little hot tip. Use your contactless payment for like all the transportation. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that that's like basically it. Like just trying to like manage the funds and, um, you know, I don't know. I've, I haven't been super culture shocked. I think visiting here before I moved here really, really helped because I had like a, I already had like an introduction, like my brain could process like the things and how different they were going to be. And people are so nice here. I have yet to meet like a rude, like, I don't know. I think it's very like big city culture. Like people don't really talk to each other as much. Like it's not like the States where you're, how are you? I'm good. Well, I was wondering, and I've been talking, like it's way more common in the States to like have a whole conversation and like overshare. I've noticed here culturally, they do not overshare. Like that's cringy to be like at the, at the till, not the cash register at the till and being like, yeah, how's your day going? Good. And what about you? Yeah. Well, you know, my dog just, I just got her a new, like that is like, they will literally look at you and be like, I'm good, you know, but that's kind of like city vibes, you know, where everyone just kind of gets very like, I don't know, like stuck up, like in LA, it's like that in New York, it's like that. So I don't know if that's just like a London thing, but most Londoners I've met so far are very nice. Like I was running up to the bus the other day, my, the bag that I was holding busted. I had to like pick up all the pieces and these women in the front seat were like, oh honey, do you need a bag? And I was like, yes. Like they were so nice. So like everybody that I've met, like beyond, you know, hi, how are you? Good. Bye. You know what I mean? Like they've been super nice. So, um, that's cool. I feel like making friends here is going to be a lot easier. Making friends in LA was impossible. Um, I'm sorry, but it was, it was just like miserable. Um, and I do have friends there, so thankful for that. But it took me like a year to get to a place where I felt decent about friends. I feel like here it's going to be a lot sooner. Like I'm going to be chilling. But yeah, that's most of my observations, guys. I don't know. I think it's been really cool. I feel good. Today I've just been very kind of malaise. I think, again, all the bureaucracy with like the visa process. Like I got my visa. I'm in the country, but now I've got to like register for certain things and it's been just kind of like a waiting game in certain aspects. And like on top of that, I don't know. I think I'm just feeling like kind of bluesy today just because of like all of these things that like have been irritating me. I've just been like highly irritated. Um, like, especially with all of this, like whiteness right now, like, I think that's, what's irritating me. Like the thin culture is back. Like everyone's just like reverting to these Eurocentric standards as a, as a response to, oh no, you know, we're losing our grasp of control. Like, let's get back to what we know. I think that's what's got me down today. It's just the culture is shifting and not in a positive direction. I feel like, I don't know. I've just seen so many things like the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift thing has been bothering me. Um, Thin culture. I'm hearing so many hot takes on the internet right now about women who are just like, I don't think I'm ever going to be loved by a man. And I know that we have this whole thing of like decentering men and like we're having a lot of, um, you know, provocative conversations around, you know, self-love. And the sad part is as much as you can love yourself, maybe there is a need for like romantic connection. Like maybe that is a physical need that humans have, you know? And so 
realizing that. And I've heard a lot of women just explaining like, because they're curvy or because of the way their body looks, they're not getting men to respect them. And then some women were coming back and saying, it's worse for women that are the are closer aligned to the Eurocentric beauty standard because a lot of their relationships tend to be more shallow. Like those women are having a difficult time combing through who is serious about them for who they are. And I I don't know, as somebody who I I don't think I would identify as plus size. I'm curvy. I would say I'm curvy, but I'm definitely not the Eurocentric standard. But it's like, I don't know. It depends on what angle you're looking from. Because as a woman, I would say that I'm not the Eurocentric standard. But as a black woman, I would say I'm more aligned to the Eurocentric standard because I have light skin and all of those other things. I'm constantly, I feel like I'm just kind of in the middle. Like I don't, I don't know, like I get male attention, but I don't have like serious inquiries. You know what I mean? Like I'm all over the place. And I I want to say at the point where I just like don't want to care. I think that's where I've been lately with men. It's like, I don't want to think about it. Like, I don't want my life to revolve around like, oh my God, is he looking at me? Does he like me? You know, so I've been kind of on like the whole decenter men thing, but I get it. Like, I, I get it. I get being like, hey, like I'm ready for love. Do you know what I mean? And questioning like what's happening with that, especially as a young woman who's, hormones and ovaries and everything is like, hey, like let's reproduce. Like it's a lot harder to like combat when your body is literally biologically telling you, hey, it's time to reproduce. Like, is he looking at you? You know what I mean? I feel like I'm more aware of that right now. And I just, I'm loving my life. I'm loving being single in a city. I feel like I'll never get these years back or these opportunities to just like be myself. But I have been thinking more about that lately. Like, what is it going to be like to actually entertain a man? <laughs> like, like, do I have the energy for it? And honestly, you guys, I don't. I don't. I want to, but I, I'm so exhausted by men. And that's why the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift thing has been bothering me. Because besides, like, all of the other stuff that I've been mentioning, I feel like... Travis Kelsey is a good example of like men can just do whatever they want and women are the ones who are whose lives and identities are altered by that you know like Taylor Swift is her own person as much as like oh my god I have dissected Taylor Swift's brand and her identity and I don't understand it like I've been very vocal about that on on um, Instagram, like her relationship to feminism and how that's a big part of her PR strategy is like a girl's girl, but she's really not a girl's girl. Like I've been going back and forth with that. But um, above all of that, she is her own person. She's a powerhouse. She is incredibly accomplished, incredibly talented. And in one day, in one football game, now all of a sudden, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. And it's just like annoying to me. Like, it's just annoying. It's highly annoying. And sometimes I feel like I have to choose between my life's purpose and romantic love. That's what has me down today. Honestly, that's what has me so in my feels today. It's like, Will that be my fate? Like I have to choose between my identity 
and furthering my identity in a man. Because I don't just mean like identity. I mean like continuing to explore myself, continuing to be myself, and continuing to like myself. It kind of feels like as a straight woman, you have to choose at a certain point. And that's my fear. Like as much as I want to think like, oh, but like I want to have a family and I want to like, I want all of those things. Sometimes it feels like it's not possible. It feels like there'd be some crazy give and take and I'd have to, I'd be giving up my identity and I'd be giving up on my dreams. I'd I'd have to eventually give up on this or give up on that. And it's like, I don't know any self-actualized 22-year-old men, straight men. Like my gay friends are great. They're they're thriving and I feel like they're self-actualized. It's straight men. Like they are the ones like that just, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm sure everybody has heard a think piece about it. Like I don't want to go into it like that, but I just I've been so in my feels about that today. Like, is that what it's like to be a woman? Like, we're constantly going to be emotionally and like intellectually outperforming our partners, you know? And it's not that I think, like, I think men are smart. It's not that I think men are dumb or that you can't find a smart man or somebody with like really good thoughts. It's just like, they don't want to enrich themselves with somebody. It's like they can only enrich themselves at the expense of a woman. They have to drain a woman to get something from her. That's where I am just drained. Like, that's where I feel so lost, you know, like, and I don't want to date older men. Like, how about this? I don't want to date men that are 10 plus years older than me. Like, kudos to the girls who do that and that's their preference and they like that. I don't feel like I should have to choose a partner based on financial necessity. Like that is capitalism in its latest stages. Choosing a partner based on like above safety, above emotional safety, above intellectual, you know, um, I was going to say capability, but I think I mean compatibility like above those necessities of just like connecting in the soul, we're having to choose, okay, what is he like financially? Because realistically, Roe v. Wade is overturned, at least in the States, like abortion access, birth control access, all those things are limited. So it's like, it just feels like the violence of men. Like I don't have as much freedom or honestly time anymore to waste on the accidental reality, you know, like it's fun and games until somebody gets pregnant. And now we have to really start thinking seriously. Right. And it's just like, these are real things that women have to carry and men don't have to carry these things. And I thought they wanted it that way. That's what baffles me. It seems like young men are draining themselves. Like the system that they built, they don't even like it anymore. So it's just like, what are we doing then? It's like, 
holding these little kids' hands and being like, hello, can you use your brain? Like, that's what dating feels like at 22. And I use the term dating loosely because I don't even date you guys. Like, I refuse to have dating apps. I refuse to be out. Like, if I'm going out, like, with my friends, I refuse to be looking for men because that's girl time. Like, why? Why? Why does part of my identity have to be reserved for a straight man? It sucks. It sucks out here. So that's just, that's my, that's what's got me down today. <laughs> Literally, that's why the end of this podcast just feels so like sad. Cause that's how I feel today. It's just like sad, like generally sad. But I will say, I feel more positive dating British men or just like, worldly men. There's tons of different cultures and identities in London. A lot of people from different countries. So it's just like, I feel like my dating pool options just got bigger, honestly. But it's just like, I'm still exhausted from America. I feel like I'm still detoxing from America. That's what I feel like. So with that said, this is the end of the pod. (sighs) I hope this resonated with some of you. I'm going to sleep it off tonight prepare for a new day tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. So I'm going to like take myself out and like, maybe I'll go to Marleybone <laughs> or Marleybone. Gosh, I got to figure that out. I do not know how to pronounce that. Um, but I'm going to wash this off. Tomorrow's going to be a new day. And yeah, thanks for listening. We'll have a new episode next Friday. You know the drill. Bye guys. <laughs>